Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. Good morning. Today's scripture passage is from Psalm 138. So it's Psalm 138. There are many different types of psalms, psalms of praise, psalms of wisdom, psalms that foreshadow the arrival of Redeemer Jesus. Psalm 38 today is uh, a psalm of thanksgiving. Please stand, if you would, for the reading of God's word. Psalm 138, give thanks to the Lord. This is a psalm of David. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being able to meet together this morning in fellowship and in worship. We pray that you would speak to us through your name and your word. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this is the time of year in America where it is common to express thankfulness. Even if the rest of your year has been a complete and utter disaster, we pause briefly in late November to be thankful. It's almost like we're taking stock of our lives and our current situation and list what we are thankful for. And this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing to be thankful. One doesn't need to be a churchgoer to be thankful. They don't need to be a Christian. They don't need to be religious or spiritual at all to be thankful. One needs only to reflect on the good things they have and be thankful. How long are we supposed to be thankful during Thanksgiving season? Is Thanksgiving a season? It's definitely American holiday, but how long does it last? Do we need to be 
thankful over the whole weekend or just Thanksgiving Thursday. Perhaps we are just thankful during the Thanksgiving meal. But then again, we may be even more thankful when everybody finally leaves. So we've been allotted this specific amount of time to be thankful, to give thanks. We've added it to our schedule. We've penciled it in. We've literally put it on our calendar. No, wait a minute, we didn't put it on our calendar. It's already there, permanently, every fourth Thursday of November. And in 365 days, we will need to be thankful again. It's not a bad thing to be thankful. It is a good thing. It does beg the question, however, who are we thanking? The Bible is no stranger to thanksgiving. There's a lot of giving thanks in the Bible. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is a good example of someone who gave thanks a lot. In many of his letters to the churches he was caring for, he would always start the letter off with a thanksgiving. Paul's letters to the Ephesians, the Philippians, the Colossians, the Thessalonians, begin with Paul saying, we thank God for you in our prayers. In today's passage in Psalm 138, David is thankful. He gives thanks to the Lord. Verse 1, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. This was something bold to do in David's day. David spent most of his life fighting kings and armies who wanted to kill him and his people. Kings and armies that worshipped false gods and pagan idols. Yet David is saying, I will sing to you, Lord, with my whole heart, with everything I've got. I give you thanks, and I sing your praise, even if those around me are appalled by it or disagree with it. This was something bold to do in David's day. And it's something bold to do in today's world, too. Then David takes it up a notch. Verse 2, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Well, this really doesn't fly in today's world. We live in a world where there, there are no absolutes. We live in a, a post-Christian America that does not recognize, as David puts it, the steadfast love and faithfulness of the biblical God. Get on social media and post a paraphrase of verse 2. Hey everybody, the Bible says to give thanks to the Lord because he has exalted his name and his word above all things. Let me repeat that. Hey everybody, the Bible says to give thanks to the Lord because he has exalted his name and his word above all things. What? How would social media respond to that? 
John Fesco is a professor at the seminary that I went to. And in his new book, The Christian and Technology, he says this. He says, the chief means by which God sets the church's agenda is through the word. God has put his word into the mouth of men, writes Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in order that it may be communicated to other men. Protestants have historically recognized that God speaks to his people through the preaching of his word. Fesco goes on to say, in other words, if we set the church's agenda through our perusal of social media sites and the internet, we will likely run into the problem of preaching, teaching, and discussing, and discussing quote, what our itching ears want to hear, 2 Timothy 4.3. Itching ears that have been piqued by advertisements, likes, and the effort to make money. If we realize, however, that the Bible is God's personal word to his people, then every time we read it and hear it preached, God sets the agenda for his church and for our lives. Here at Trinity Church, if you go to our website, you'll find these words. Our service is guided by the word of God. It informs all that we say and do. We believe that it is the only rule for faith and life. And really, we're saying nothing more than what David said in Psalm 138, verse 2. I give thanks, O Lord, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. You might say, well, this is all great, but why is David thankful that the Lord exalts his name above all things? What's in it for David? Well, he tells us in verse 6, he says, For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. But the arrogantly superior and disdainful, the haughty, he knows from afar. The Lord is above all things. The Bible says that God is so holy that he can't even look upon sin. Yet he regards the lowly. He seeks out those in need, those who are hurting. And he says, here, take my son. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus, the son, says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The best possible news that people could ever receive is that the Lord exalts his name and his word above all things. For those who trust in the Lord, God is like a social media where you never get canceled. In verses 4 and 5, David looks forward to the day when this very word of God has been spread to the four corners of the earth 
And those who believe in the Lord will be like kings as they give thanks to God who has welcomed them and adopted them into his royal family. Verse 4, all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. So I began this sermon talking about the Thanksgiving holiday and the American calendar and how we have to be thankful for at least one time a year. But let me ask you this. What if you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for? Do the challenges and hardships of your life line up with the American calendar? Does the latest iPhone allow us to sink our pain and suffering with February and March instead of November and December? For those of us who are going through a tough time right now, can we hit pause on the holidays? Or even better, fast forward. I'm doing some work right now at a special needs school called the Madonna Learning Center here in Memphis. Uh, this school was founded in 1969 and was really ahead of its time for its care and understanding of kids and young adults with, with Down syndrome, with autism, and physical disabilities. One of the students, he asked me the same question every week. Hey, Mr. Rager, do you know why the police don't get a vacation? Because crime doesn't take a day off. Crime isn't in sync with the American calendar, and neither are the hardships of this life. For me personally, the past few years have been, without a doubt, the toughest and most painful years of my life. My hardships didn't follow the American calendar. Now, I have a tendency to, to ramble and repeat myself, which Hunter has pointed out. And I also tend to do that when I'm alone with God in prayer, although God is more forgiving than Hunter. So when I'm alone with God in prayer, he lets me ramble and repeat myself over and over. But there are many times when I didn't ramble because I was so distraught that I could only pray one sentence. And then there have been times when I couldn't even get out a sentence. Sometimes all I could pray was help. Help. David says in verse 3 of today's passage, on the day I called you, on the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you have increased. There have been days in all of our lives where we have been called upon, where we have called upon the Lord in prayer and it doesn't feel like he hears our cries but rest assured he hears us and our strength of soul he increases verse 7 is a parallel to verse 3 though I walk in the midst of trouble 
you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. God doesn't promise us a long life or a life without hardship, but for those who trust in him, he does promise to preserve us and to deliver us. The Apostle Paul suffered greatly through beatings, imprisonments, shipwrecks, and even some unknown pain or grief that we don't know about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the same Paul that uses the word thankfulness over and over in his letters. Paul understands what David understands in verse 8 of today's passage. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. In his letter letter to the Philippians, Paul can't contain his thanksgiving. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, says Paul, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So I mentioned earlier about doing some work for the Madonna Learning Center special needs school here in Memphis. I remember the first time I walked into the place, they were giving me a tour of the different classrooms. When we got to the junior high class, they were just about to pray. The teacher looked around and said, okay, everyone, who would like to pray? A student in a wheelchair motioned with his right hand that he would like to pray. From my vantage point, it appeared that his right hand was the only part of his body that he really had control over. Now, I had heard this young man speak a little, and he was hard to understand. And now he was going to pray. But in a clear voice, this is what he said. Heavenly Father, we bow before you with humble hearts. Thankfulness. This young man gets it. He knows 
who his heavenly father is. Physically, he can't bow before him. But through his humble heart, he is on his knees before the name. The name and the word that has been exalted above all things. The name that preserves this young man's life. The name that will fulfill his purpose for him. The name whose steadfast love in a world that rejects steadfastness endures forever. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you with humble hearts. We ask that you would fill our hearts with thanksgiving for your gift to us, your Son. Thank you for exalting your name above all things and for loving us, the lowly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.